As they're, as they're making their moves, I, I just uh, am very much appreciating uh, uh, the worship team that has been leading us uh, months, weeks, years. I, I appreciate you all so much, the instrumentalist, uh, uh, the singers, Eric, uh, in leading us into worship and praise. Are you, are you guys appreciating them? And, and uh, just, man, the service... Uh, you know, we're, our, our title has been Poetry in Motion, and it just comes to my mind as we're singing songs that are beautifully written. John even pointed out songs, and I, I appreciate the, the end, I, I am yours and you are mine. To, to, to be able to come on Sunday morning, if we're able to declare anything in a sense of praise, I am yours, O God, and you are mine. That That is a, a, a shout of praise before him, and and just appreciate, uh, again, had that time to appreciate. Um, this, this series uh, of Poetry in Motion, uh, again, we've, we've looked in, you know, what God is doing, His handiwork within us, right? Uh, we looked last week of how what God is doing uh, within us is bringing us together, that, that we have a belonging because of what God is doing in me, uh, matter of fact, the, the phrase that really I latched onto and that I brought out last week was that each member belongs to all the others. This, this idea that we are connected together in Jesus. And that's the church. That's the body. How beautiful is that? How wonderful, how glorious it is that we have family that goes beyond blood. It, it, goes, it doesn't go beyond the blood of Jesus uh, but, but it extends our family to a, a huge, huge group. Uh, as we move on forward in this uh, uh, series, I, I want us to look at some specifics of that beauty. Uh, and, and in doing so, I, I wanted to turn to Acts chapter 2. This is not our text today. But I, I want us to look just in reference to the, uh, uh, the beautiful beginning of the church how it's described. It begins at verse 42 to the end of the, the chapter 2, uh, where here, here's this amazing beginning after Peter preaches a sermon. I mean, 3,000 people respond to Christ. They're baptized. They receive Jesus. And, and as I read this passage, I, I want you to look at, you know, just the attitude and, and, and the, the life that's in the church. Uh, it begins with, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at many of the wonders and, and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day they continued to meet together. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I, I believe that it was, it was just a huge explosion of, first of all, it was, it was this understanding of being connected to God through Jesus Christ, of, of receiving forgiveness, and, and then having so much in common that they enjoyed each other. They enjoyed each other. They, they loved being together. They loved spending time in the apostles' teaching. They loved spending time in prayer. And they loved that time of fellowship together, breaking bread. 
And, and all these are indications, man, there is joy being expressed. And, and uh, uh, there's, there's one other thing, verse 45 in particular, I want to see. There is a, an amazing sense of generosity that's going on. When anybody in that group, in that fellowship had a need, it said that, that others would go out, sell possessions or even property and, and contribute towards their need. That was happening. Amazing generosity is going on here at the beginning of the church as well. How are we doing? <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard not to look at, at this passage and think, okay, that, that was the beginning of the church. How wonderful, how beautiful it is. Is that happening here? It, I, I, you have to compare and think, okay, well, we, I, I think we continue to, to pursue the, the, the apostles' teaching and uh, through the scriptures and prayers, significant and fellowship. We want to grow and, and actually... That, that's it. We want to grow in each of these areas. And in this idea of being generous, is that an area? Actually, that's the area I want to focus on this morning. Now, I, so I'm not going to focus upon this scripture. I said that's, that's kind of the result. That's, that's the idea that we'd like to have. I, I found in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, this is what you call Paul's uh, uh, offering appeal. Okay? Are you fam familiar with an offering appeal? You're not here because if we do anything, we have a communion meditation and, and our elder gets up and he prepares our hearts for communion. When I was growing up, I remember we had an elder get up and, and give that offering, I mean that, that communion meditation. But then it would be followed by uh, someone who would get up and, and, and make a, an offering appeal. Turn to the scripture, share the scripture, here's what we're doing, and, and then, then we'd pass the plates. Now, the only one who's done offering appeals lately is that Britain guy who sits down over here. And I, you, isn't that right? Britain here lately, if you've been attending with us, you know Britain's come up and he said, hey, this, and he lays it out. This is our circumstance. This is where we are right now financially. We want to let you know. And, and so it's very important we do that because, hey, this is where our offerings are coming and things like that. And I'm not going to go into the details where we are financially, but I want us to dig into Scripture and, and, and look at this idea of what happens in a believer uh, in, in, in our giving. And, and I'm turning to Paul's appeal, okay? And, and the way I'm going to convey it to you is show me. You know, maybe, maybe it's the influence that Linda and I got in those years we sp spent in that show me state. Are you familiar with the show me uh, statements? Uh, one, one I looked up earlier this week was from Vince Lombardi, okay? Vince Lombardi said, uh, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser, right? The 49ers, right? I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, or, or one of my own, show me a hairy-faced guitarist and I'll show you Eric Von Spreckelson, right? Yeah? Anyway. Uh, that, that's, that's the show me statement. So, so as I follow through here, what, what I'm finding from Paul, I, I don't have time to read for you all of chapter 8 and chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians. If you have your Bibles, we're going to have some of those uh, passages up here as I specifically turn to those. Uh, but but what, I, what I'd like for you to do, Please, please take that home and read this, especially after I've read this. I, I wish I had known before I would have warned you and said, hey, read this, be prepared for this. But do take this home and read chapters 8 and 9 along with the outline that I'm giving you today. Compare it, think about it, maybe you'll add a few of your own. 
But what I would like to do is, is to just talk about where Paul identifies the makeup of a generous giver. The makeup, I mean, what the contents, what, what's the part of their lives that makes them generous givers? So let me begin here. Show me someone generous and I'll show you someone with a sincere heart. It is a person with a sincere heart. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8. Here's what Paul, as he is addressing the Corinthians, I'll let you know this, that Paul in these verses is addressing the Corinthians not just about uh, just, just overall giving. He is, it, it is a, actually a specific offering that is being taken up within the, these, these churches, within the Corinthian church. And he's addressing it with them, and he says, he says to them, I am not commanding you. And when he says that, I want to be clear, he's not commanding about this offering. He says, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. He, he, basically, he's, he's checking out, say, okay, in your giving... You know, are you giving in that way? Is it, is it out of the sincerity of your heart? It, it, it's not going to be according to the fact that, hey, I command you to give. That's not going to show sincerity of heart, is it? To, to say, I command you to give. Nor is it out of any kind of other pretense. You know, hey, I, I want to be recognized in my giving. You know, I, I, I want to put a plaque somewhere saying, hey, he contributed. You know, it, it's not out of that either. What Paul was looking for out of these Corinthians in his appeal is, hey, the sincerity of heart. Therefore, he used a couple of examples. If you read through this again, you'll read about the Macedonian church. He actually begins chapter 8 talking about the wonderful, graceful giving of the Macedonians. In verse 4, it basically says that the Macedonians came about, heard about this, this offering that was being taken up. Specifically, this offering was being taken up for the people in Jerusalem. Here they are in Corinth. They were taking up uh, an offering for the people in, in Jerusalem because of a severe famine that was taking place. And there was a need. And, and so they were, they were taking up an offering, a collection on their behalf. And, and so Mas, the, the church in Macedonia had heard about it. And in verse 4 it says that they pleaded, oh, please let us give. We want to help. We want to contribute. And he used them as an example. He said, man, they, they gave, actually verse 2, if you have your Bibles open, you can see verse 2. He said they gave out of their, um, in, in the midst of a, 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 a very severe trial. We don't know the details behind it. But they were, they were undergoing duress. They, they were in trouble for some reason. So, so whether Paul intended for them to hear and receive this message, hey, the Jerusalem people need help, it's possible that Paul was just thinking, hey, they got enough troubles of their own. Let's go to these churches. But, but, but the, the people in Macedonia said, please let us help. And so they collected uh, a, uh, an offering as well. And in verse 2 it says that, out of their over, you know, from their overwhelming joy and their extreme poverty, uh, it all welled up in rich generosity. Oh, that's giving. <laughs> uh, they, they didn't have the means to give, and yet the, the, the factor that was so important was out of their extreme joy. Where'd that come from? Do you have some of that this morning? Do you, do you have some of that? 
That extreme joy, do you know what that's like? It's, it's when you are living under the condemnation of God because of your sinfulness, and then you know Jesus. And you know forgiveness. And you know how wonderful that is. I mean, that's what we're singing about, right? Well, if we have anything to sing about, it's just about the gospel and what Jesus has done for us. Woo! That, that, that's the joy that we know. It's the joy that, that's present every day in our lives because of Jesus. I am his and he is mine. Woo. Anyway, he, he also uses another example in the scripture. It comes in verse 9. And, and he looks to Jesus himself. Oh, man, Jesus, what a wonderful example of someone with a sincere heart, right? It's Jesus. How do we know? Because Jesus left the splendor of heaven. Matter of fact, that's what he says in verse 9. He said, though he was rich, how was Jesus rich? He left the splendor and the rich, richness of heaven, and he came here, just like it says in Philippians chapter 2. Yet for your, your sake he became poor, meaning he left that to come here. And remember where he was born? Let's start out in a, in a feed trough, okay? Jesus was born into a feed trough. He didn't one born in any kind of rich circumstances, uh, born to a poor couple, and, and throughout his life, you know, he was known that, that, you know, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head as he traveled. He, 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 was, he, he lived in poor circumstances. And then even to the extent, as Philippians 2 says, he served humanity, even to the point of going to the cross. Oh, Jesus, it, the rest of that verse says, though he was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. That's what Jesus did for us. Left the splendor of heaven, came into this world, not just communicating to us, but to die for us so that we could become his children, receive his inheritance. So, so the response is this, is that we have the opportunity in, in sincerity of heart, to respond with sincere love to respond the second one show me someone generous and I'll show you someone committed I'll show you someone that's committed there's a couple verses here I'd like to, to show you the contribution that the Corinthians are, are, are gathering is not something that just boy we we're popping it on you like perhaps this morning and we've done this before. Hey, there's a family in need, and if you have uh, the opportunity to give, and, and we've given that way, man, we've had good responses from that and, and blessed some families that way. But this was, this was uh, you know, a, a, an extended need that Jerusalem had, that the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem had. So it was presented, and they were gathering. And, and so this was well known. So Paul, in his appeal, is saying, hey, you made a promise now, now, now complete it. Matter of fact, let's read some of those verses. First of all, 8 verse 11. Is it up? Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched in your completion of it according to your means. Okay, that's the message. Understanding. Now he's saying, please complete what you promised earlier. Hey, I, I guess with joy they said, hey, listen, we want to give. We want to contribute. He said, okay, great. And they began collecting the offering. And, and, and then, again, in, verse, in, in chapter 9, verse 5, we get a clear perspective. Hey, this is something that was promised. And it's important what he says here. He says, So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers 
to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift. Uh, I mean, there, there's no checks in the mail or things like that. I began to question, well, hey, if they're taking a great sum of money, there was, there, there's going to have to be a, a great amount of planning in, in, in transporting that funds to Jerusalem. That's a long route. And so there's, there's some details to be put together. Uh, again, finish for the arrangements of the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Well, here, I, I think this is Paul's concern. You know, they made the promise. Now, the Corinthians have proven to be a little immature and having some difficulties that Paul has addressed earlier in his letter. So, Paul has a little bit of concern that, hey, they made the promise. How easy is it sometimes? Hey, I'd be glad to give, glad to contribute. Okay, six months later, I'm going to come and, and, and pick it up. Is it, is it possible that, that, that they might... Uh, neglect that promise and so when you show up six months later and you say hey I'm here for the offering oh 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 yeah 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 oh okay what you got you know and, and that's the kind of idea that Paul is not wanting he says hey and then all of a sudden everybody's going oh oh I have to give today I I was planning on going to lunch with my kids and and well you can't you hit me next week and instead, so the offering becomes something grudging. You know, have you, have you, okay, just be honest. You don't have to nod your head yes, okay? Protect yourself on this. Have you ever heard, heard a, a, an offering appeal or seen the pat, plate pass and you were a little, a little, little bad that in you? Have you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, yeah, I mean, that's part of our human nature. It really is. But remember, there's a transforming and changing in us. Here's something that I see that's working in this, that, that, that this, this is a commitment. And I think commitment is something that is planned and then followed through. There's a promise and then you follow through. I, I, I love a lot of the Christian budgeting things that I've seen throughout my life. About everyone that I've ever seen begins with this. Okay, well, you've got to account for taxes, but you also have to account for your tithe. You know, your, your contribution, hey, to, to one who deserves it. Remember sincere hearts. This is more important than anything else I have. I'm investing here. And, and so it begins with planning. Okay, what, what am I going to give? And, and then as you make that budget, then it's taken out uh, each, w w whether paycheck or monthly, or, or it, it, it's taken out and set aside. That's God's. I'm living on the rest. See, that's plan. That's committed giving. And, and so it's set aside. Uh, again, committed giving. You know, uh, it is sincere hearts, committed giving. Uh, the third area I want to share with you, <laughs> I think it's most important. So listen to me, I think it's connected to all these. It says this, show me someone generous and I'll show you someone who lives the gospel of Jesus. That's what we're saying again. Show me someone who's generous and as a giver, and I'll show you someone who lives the gospel of Jesus Christ. Center to who we are, right? Jesus and what he's done for us. Your giving reveals the gospel that is working in you. Uh, your giving actually reveals the gospel that's working in you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 13 and 14, <coughs> I, I especially look at this. This is towards the end of the appeal. 
So Paul here is beginning to turn. He says, here's what it's going to look like. After, after you've, you've fulfilled what you promised, after you've given generously, here's what it's going to look like. Verse uh, 13 says, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, and that service is referring to the gift that's given, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. And, and for your generosity in sharing with him and everyone else. Let's stop there. I'm going to go on to 14 here in just a second. But in 13, it says, they will be praising God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. And it's actually an outworking of, of maybe what you're confessing. Hey, listen, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus is Lord and I... I am, I am his. I belong to him. Well, th- those are words. But, but in their giving, they're seeing the action of those words. They're seeing the activity of that gospel working in their life. Does that make sense? And we could say all day, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. But what am I doing about it? Where's the evidence of that? You know, where's the evidence? Where's the, where's the proof? You know, it, it, would our checkbooks in any way convict us of believing in Jesus? Would our bank accounts in any way uh, uh, convict us or, or, or identify us as belonging to Jesus? That is just something that, that we need to answer for ourselves. Uh, the, the second part of that, verse 14. God's grace working in you is, is found in so much else. Listen to what he says in 14. Um, and, and in your prayers for, for, your, for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. See, we, we still think it's about ourselves. In our giving, are you prideful in your giving? Well, this actually says that, that in their giving, it, it is identified as being from the grace of God that's working in you. <laughs> Uh, I praise God that we're able to give the way we're able to give. And it's not just because of the means that I'm given, but it's because of the heart that's been prepared and, and renewed and is working on his behalf. I, I have the opportunity as part of my faith in action, as part of what God is doing in me. Matter of fact, he even said this to the Corinthians early on in verse 7. He said in verse 7, but since you in Excel in everything. This is because of the transforming work of Christ, okay? You excel in faith. You excel in your speech, in your knowledge. And you excel in complete earnestness and in the love that that, uh, uh, we have kindled in you. All all this stuff, man, that grace of God is working in you. And then he says at at the last part of verse 7, he says, See that you also excel, excel in this grace of giving as well. It's not just about speaking it. It's it's about living it. Oh, it goes to many other places, being able to tell others about Jesus. How are we excelling in in sharing the message of Jesus? It it really is about you. (laughs) I remember Daryl Bossing saying, man, taking the plate and saying, and, and actually if I could just stand into the plate, that's an acceptable offering before God, isn't it? That's the acceptable offering before God. He wants you. 
he wants you, and this would, that, that would help too. <laughs> he, wants, he wants all of us. He, he, want you to, he doesn't want you to be begrudging. Uh, let, me, let me get to the couple of statements. First of all, the way that you give, whether it's, it's uh, under duress uh, or, or maybe you're just considering whatever's convenient might be in my wallet at the time or, 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 uh, or whether you give sacrificially. It identifies whether the gospel of Jesus is working within you. That's a powerful statement. It, it identifies whether that gospel means anything to you. Now, as I said, Britain's been coming up here and, and expressing concerns uh, concerning our offering. And it, it calls us, it draws us to praying. So how do we pray about that? Oh, God, fill our plates. That's not the prayer. That's not my concern. Hey, I, I, think, I think greater things are happening because we're struggling. I, I've enjoyed our financial struggles. I'm going to be honest with you. Because I think there's more movement happening within you because of it. Does that make sense? Oh, man, a lot of people are really flounder when, when bank accounts are full and, and, and everything's at ease. But, man, when things are tight and you're praying, that's a good place. I'm loving it. Let me be honest with you. What do we pray? Not for, not for uh, full plates. I'm praying for full hearts. <laughs> hey, what are we here for except that you come into the full grace and mercy of God? What are we here for except that you understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for you, and you have a life that is free from sin and the brokenness of this world? Woo-hoo! <laughs> Amen to that, right? This is part of our worship. When it comes to giving, when it comes to contributing, when it comes, I, I'm talking about plates, but I'm also talking how often I've seen the, the wonderful poetry, the, the workmanship of God when we've had individuals in the church hurting and we just had to say, hey, spread the word and, and, and needs have been supplied through that. Oh, it's here. It's here. There, there's some of you uh, that, that, oh man, you know what I'm talking about. You're in agreement, man, you know what it is to, to be honoring of God through, and, and you're doing it. And, and faith is evident, but there's also amongst us people that are probably struggling with the very things I'm saying today. But this is Paul's appeal. Man, uh, show me someone who's generous, I'm going to show you a sincere heart. Show me someone generous, I'm going to show you someone who's committed to God. Show me someone generous, and I'm going to show you someone who is living that gospel. Amen. And if you're not there... If you're not there, men, our prayers are not, not that you have, you're emptying out your bank account. That's not our desire at all. That's not our place. But our, our desire is that Jesus is filling your heart and that you're learning to live and to love him. Amen? Amen. Amen. I love the beauty of what God is doing in his church. I love seeing people come to, to Jesus and lives turned around. Nothing more beautiful. And, and to see people making connections and loving one another and, and being responsible to each other. Nothing more beautiful. And we will totally blame God for all of it. Right? And sing praises to his name. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus always. 
We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have in life, not just to receive your salvation, Lord, not just to, not just to be a people who are just happy that, that uh, we're not going to hell, but we're a people who have the opportunity to belong to your kingdom and, and to live the grace that you've given us. We're a people who has the opportunity to express our love back to you. And, and, and to seek to serve you and to be pleasing before our God who has so given us uh, so freely of his son. God, we praise you for this morning. We pray, Lord, that you consider hearts, that each one of us has time to, to look and consider uh, what we've been given. Is that evidence of, of a heart that's truly turned over to you? And Lord, help us, bring us to repentance, bring us to a time of change in our lives, and help lead us forward to growing in a faith that is true, that is true and right and sincere before you. God, we praise you for this morning. We praise you always for your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.